Hi, I'm Kendrick. I'm Gus. I'm Hilda. And I'm Marcy. And we're the cast of Tales Yet Told. An actual play podcast dedicated to telling weird and fun stories full of imagination, thoughtful characterization, and inclusivity. You should go listen to our first season, Strangers in the Wood. Where we play Babes in the Wood, an over-the-garden-wall-inspired tabletop RPG by Adam Voss. It's fun. Spooky. And full of weird characters, like Dex the diner owner and Miss Jackson the parrot desk attendant. And with lovable player characters, like Dakota, Dorothy, and Walter the Weasel. Follow us on Twitter at Tales Yet Told for more details and look out for new episodes every Wednesday. So go out, eat well, sleep enough, <laughs> and love yourself like we love you. <laughs> Hey, I'm Dre Silvertooth, and I'm a GM. You should absolutely come listen to our podcast, because I have the best heroes. They're hunting curses for the Queen of Vire, and it's, it's going great. I got five hit points. I have a plan. Is it to write my eulogy? They make really good choices. Oh God, why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> it's all according to plan. Textbook success. She did fall 45 feet in full armor, though. Well, fine. They are bad heroes. I have four very bad heroes on my podcast. But they are hilarious. Come check us out at badheroescast.com or find bad heroes wherever you get your podcasts. I haven't been playing my bard correctly, so now I am going to. <laughs> Hold up. You mean trying to summon an electric guitar so that you can use the auxiliary cord was not doing it correctly? Oh, no, that was definitely correct. <laughs> hey, it's Dennis, editor and GM of Control Group. Let's give it up for our ads. And let's throw in one of our own. And I know what you must be thinking. Dennis, I'm already listening to the episode. Aren't I doing enough? And truly you are. But if you wanted to go the extra step, why not follow us on Twitter at CTRL Group Pod. There we post a lot of information, character portraits, and little promos to the episode so you can get a cute little sneak peek to get you excited before you listen. You can also go ahead and jump on to the Be Gay Roll Dice Discord server. There we have our own little special place where you can come and talk to us about episodes and episode ideas and systems. Do you have a system you want us to test? Go over to our Patreon. We have a special $5 dev tier where once you pledge to that, we'll go ahead take a look at your system, give you a nice little preview, and then somewhere down the line, we're going to go ahead and give your system a try. And if you don't have a system to test, you can also join our Patreon for as low as a dollar. There, you can go ahead and get access to special tests that we put behind a paywall, because they're probably too stupid to go on the main feed. Also, it's tried and true, but smash that like and subscribe button below. If you're on Apple Podcasts, give us a review. If you're on Spotify, give us five stars or however many you think is appropriate. Anyway, if you have the spoons to do this, go ahead. We really appreciate the support. We want to thank you nevertheless just for listening to our podcast. Enjoy the episode. Earth, 1730. It is a land that is much like our own, but oh so different. 
Instead of continental drifts separating Pangaea, the supercontinent, and a meteor taking out the dinosaurs, on this version of Earth, both events happened because of one another. A meteorite with magical properties struck the Earth, wiping out the dominant dinosaurs and rearranging the way we saw the world. Instead of slowly drifting outward, 70% of the known world instead formed a concentric circle of life around the All-Sea. The other 30%, the New World, as it's known, is separated by what is called the Great Divide, a large swath of impossible ocean. The grand civilizations of Earth over time became empires, and you know how empires go. If they can't conquer their neighbors, they start looking for what is new. They turn their eyes away from the All-Sea and towards the New World. A prophecy foretold of a princess that would be born with the ability to help cross the Great Divide. This limited this person to be born of only three monarchies that remained. Eucadia, France, and Espana. These three countries went to war with each other, employing the only ladies that could effortlessly traverse the All-Sea. Pirates. the sailors and their sport about how every sailor has a girl in every port but if you add it two and two you figure out right quick it's just because the girls all have a lad on every ship yar variable here there be podcast welcome to a brand new season of control group this time we are testing out thirsty sword lesbians by evil hat productions created by april Kilt walsh with uh, a little bit of consulting from our friend Avery Alder. I am your GM for the season, Dennis Foray, and with me I've got some very thirsty people, if you guys don't mind introducing yourselves. Hello, I'm Carrie, and I will be playing Freya Kierkengard. Hey, I'm Marcus, and I'll be playing Jessica, the Beast. <laughs> hey, I'm Kate, uh, and I will be playing Sean of House Lumley. I'm V, and I'll play, be playing Cecily, the Cold Drake. Wonderful. Thank you for being here. Thirsty Sword Lesbians is a system that is right there in the title. It's for us to be horny towards women and to have swords. It is a PBTA like the rest of our systems, where we'll be using 2d6 for our rolls. We have some basic moves. Our stats this season are Daring, Grace, Heart, Wit and Spirit for some of our basic moves. They're split in between fighting and the emotional stuff. So we have fighting moves and heartstring moves. If you want to fight, you can use the basic move Fight. If you want to defy disaster, do anything really cool, you can defy disaster. And if I ever want to do anything to my PCs, I have the Stagger move, in which you guys will roll against how many conditions or how many damage you have currently. There are heartstring moves, like Entice, when you're trying to um, just trying to appeal to someone's physical or emotional sensibilities. You can figure out a person to see their intentions, or you can influence them with a string. Another very important recovery move is emotional support, where you'll have to come together for another PC and show them you're there for them. This will help you level up. This will also help you heal the damages you have. 
As I mentioned before, there are other two core components that we've seen before in tests we've had in Control Group. Strings, which are these emotional tokens you'll have with other characters that we'll define at the very end of this episode between our player characters. And then Conditions, which is our damage for the season, instead of traditionally, oh, you can take seven harm before you die, quote-unquote. Instead, every time you take a damage, you'll mark a new condition. These are one of five negative emotions your character will have between angry, frightened, guilty, hopeless, and insecure. Whenever you mark one of those, your character will kind of take this this adjective and bestow it to your character, whether it's at the forefront of their mind or maybe somewhere back there. And the more you have, the more kind of an irritable bitch you will be. As we go along, you heard the pre-recording, so you know what this system about. We are pirates on Hera's vindication, pirated by the captain, the red devil of the all-sea, Sal Devlin herself, a beauty out of Ichiba, what would be India in our terms, this wonderful, strong, defiant Indian woman captaining the ship as I think we're gonna get into a little bit of our characters. So whoever would like to start will just move down your playbooks themselves. So please tell me which playbook you picked, and we'll work along that. Okay, I can start. Uh, so I will be playing Sean of, well, Sean in parentheses of House Lumley. She doesn't like to say the actual title or, you know, she's, she's a pirate now. She's not a lady. Um, her pronouns are she, her, and... She, Sean grew up in Ucadia, uh, so which I think has kind of, at least the kind of noble house that she's from, is very much kind of like a prudish, almost Victorian era type house where it's, you know, she was expect to be very prim and proper all the time and also like always kind of covered up and very much like follow the, uh, follow the rules you know, be seen but not heard uh, kind of mentality. That's kind of how she was raised. Um, I think aesthetically, she has a pretty curious demeanor. Um, she wears pretty much, pretty elaborate, or um, not elaborate per se, but because she grew up in a environment where she was always expected to be wearing these like huge gaudy dresses uh she basically now wears as little as she can get away with so she often wears like just a vest and like very simple trousers she loves pants um the first pair of pants she ever owned is probably just was like the best day of her life like oh thank god uh not wearing that those petticoats anymore um, very exciting for her. Yeah, so playing the Seeker playbook, Kate, if you want to get into, as the Seeker, you're breaking away from this tradition that is the highfalutin country of Eucadia. Um, you even have a tradition tracker on your playbook itself. Yep. Sean is, she, like, appearance-wise, so she wears, like, very minimal clothing, but she has kind of, like, short, dark hair, um, that she's always like tossing about with her hand, like flopping it back and forth. Very floppy hairstyle. She has like dark eyeliner and uh, it kind of has this very like, she has like a very friendly face, like anyone could talk, you know, like just like a very approachable look to her. Um, 
because she's kind of innocent when it comes to like the real world outside of everything. She's like very curious um, and, and tries to just like figure things out or explore as much as possible. Should I go over like the starting, my starting stats? Yeah, we can go over your stats. Yeah. So she will have a plus one to daring, uh, plus zero to grace, minus one to heart, plus one to wit, and plus zero to spirit. And then if you want to go over with your tradition, you have certain commandments that come out of Eucadium the self, and this is a specific thing to the Seeker playbook. So if you don't want, uh, if you don't mind going over the commandments that you've chosen for Shonda live by or break as she shows chooses yeah so the first is never admit your weak emotions i think there's she grew up in an environment where people didn't really talk about emotions a lot again it was very very prudish and very just kind of standoffish very proper uh and so they didn't really talk about emotions that much um especially not like passionate emotions always cover your sinful body so especially for women. She, again, grew up like not being allowed to show very much of her body. Um, Basically, like, you know, her face was seen, but was very much like, you know, a woman's wrist was seen as like scandalous to be seen or things like that. So she was always wearing gloves and no intimacy until after a monogamous marriage. And I think I, I feel like at least in her family, maybe not throughout Ucadia in particular but maybe in her family it's also like a hetero a heterosexual monogamous relationship and that's something that she's trying to break out of as well never give what when you can sell so a very kind of capitalist mm-hmm. or money motivated family upbringing um always obey the authority i think there's because there's like a a queen in Ukeda, Ukadia, is that correct, yeah. Dennis? Yep. That is so correct. I, I think it's like your fealty is always to the queen. Like you always have to be kind of um, on the like following what the state says you should be doing. Um, mm-hmm. And then always obey a certain type of person. Um, and I think this is kind of like uh, she comes from maybe a very patriarchal society that or. I, yeah, I don't know. What do you? Um, I think a lot of a lot of the general world of the Aussie is a, a matriarchal society. Okay, but... so I'm not going to say that then. So that's going to not be it because I don't want that to be it. I think it's just kind of like similar to always obey the authority that like there's a very strict kind of like hierarchy. Like the it's very Ukadia maybe is very like class stratified, and so it's like um, or has that kind of nobility and non-nobility and so like being like interacting with non-nobility was definitely not something that she was kind of allowed to do growing up um certainly not pirates (laughs) yeah so those are kind of the commandments of of the society that or the like particular house that she grew up in the house of lumley all right, perfect. And then with your playbook, you get a move already attached to it called People Are People. And whenever you talk about home, you roll plus heart. 
On the 10 plus, you choose two. On the 7 to 9, you choose one. Uh, but this essentially will be every time you talk about Eukadia itself, this kind of <laughs> matriarchal, high class society. And whether you talk shit about it or not, uh, it's up to you. And then you got to choose two other moves, Kate. What'd you choose? I chose Hear Me. When you shout one of your convictions aloud in confrontation, with those who hold a contrary belief, roll plus daring. And for plus one, I get to ask two questions. For seven, or sorry, 10 plus, I get to ask two questions. Seven to nine, I ask one question. Should I read the questions? Yeah. Why do you think you must follow that belief? What does it cost you to follow that belief? And what do you wish for that is contrary to that belief? Yeah, so we definitely have something where, in the midst of battle, even, we can try to change these convictions, this I can change your attitude with whatever smitten person you have along the way. And then I I think, and then the other one I chose was listen and learn. When you ask someone what you should do in an unfamiliar situation, uh, if you follow their advice, take plus one forward and clear a condition. If you follow their advice and it goes poorly, mark XP. Yeah. Wonderful. And then we'll get to your strings at the end of the episode once we've introduced everyone's character. Great. Who would like to go next? Introduce their playbook. I'll go next. So, um, Freya, uh, I'm I'm playing the the scoundrel uh, playbook. Freya is a hunter from uh, off the map, you know. She's a little north off the map in uh, some unnamed Nordic islands. People don't really go up there because they don't come back. Um, so are we cannibals? Are we not? Nobody knows. Anyway, she's from up north. Thank you for adding deep lore to the fact that I just did not go far <laughs> enough in the map to add Scandinavia. <laughs> You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Um, let's see. My, do, do we want to do my stats? Yeah, that, uh, are you done describing her physically? Get, the, get everyone to know. Freya. No, yeah. uh, yeah, okay, so, yeah, 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 yeah. So Freya's a, a beefy beefcake. Freya, um, has to be very strong because she is an apex predator and can hunt any prey that she desires. So she's huge. She only wears the skins of the things that she hunts and eats and she she doesn't uh cut her hair she keeps it in long braids and uh she's got icy blue eyes that will stare right into your friggin face and that's freya all right what are freya's stats pardon me dennis so we choose one column and then we add one each to two different stats correct Yes. Okay. So we've got plus two daring, plus one grace, um, plus zero heart, minus one wit, and plus one spirit. Playing uh, a really mean. Uh, what are Freya's pronouns? She, her. Yeah. Okay. Really mean bimbo. Oh yes, <laughs> a very, a very mean bimbo indeed. Um, not, not the smartest person on the ship but definitely will get things done with her big meaty fists 
And with the <laughs> scoundrel playbook, you get a couple of moves attached to that. Heat of the moment when you taunt someone into doing something that they want to do but find unwise, you'll roll plus daring, and then there are different rules for whether it's an NPC or a PC. Um, and even more different rules if you're smitten with them, which we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, you also have lust at first sight. When you become smitten with someone you barely know, you declare your undying love and give them a string on you. If you lose your smitten status with anyone who has strings on you, you take plus one forward to any act that you might want to do to impress your new interest. You also have shiny and new. When you give or receive emotional support in an intimate moment with someone new, you each mark EXP to clear a condition, which might be a little bit harder with your uh, zero heart stat. But then you got to choose two more moves. Okay, what did you choose? Yes, yeah, so my first move that I chose was impressive sword play. Whenever you roll a 7 plus to fight, you may gain a string on someone who is present and ask their player what it is about you that has impressed or intrigued them. <laughs> I love that. That made me laugh. The second one is my favorite. It's called Rip. And when you take or narrowly evade a physical blow from someone dangerous to you, you may declare that your clothes were damaged and are now practically indecent. <laughs> and... For the remainder of the scene, when you roll a 10 plus on any move against a non-playable character, you can declare that they have a crush on you um, and any playable character who becomes smitten with you during the remainder of the scene can mark XP. Wonderful. Pretty sick. Look at that, that body yaddy 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 with that move. Yeah, I'm going to have my titties out. <laughs> titties out. Sure. A lot of titties out in this campaign already, so I'm loving that. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Titties. <laughs> Titties. We love titties. All right. And then, <laughs> once again, we'll get into your strings at the end. Marcus. Hi, I am playing Jessica, the beast. She is extremely cute and young and has short hair that is a dark tinge of blue. It's because she is was raised by sirens. <laughs> Um, I think like <laughs> later in her adolescence, I think at first she still has like memories of when she lived in a relatively um, normal city, I guess. But from then on, she was bitten by sirens and instead of, I guess, devouring her, I don't know what else they would, what, what their usual goals are, I don't know. But in this instance, they decided to take her on and uh, add her to their family. And that's why Jessica can turn into the beast. Now, she's, like, usually an extremely, I think, I'm going to have plus two for heart. She's a really kind person um, and a negative one for wit um, because she's a lot younger and ex less experienced. I think it's going to be a surprise to a lot of people when they see her and then um, a surprise to herself as well as to how she, like, became a general, I guess. That's kind of a surprise. But then she turns into the beast, <laughs> which is... <laughs> going to be interesting for us to explore how beastly her siren form is in terms of oh, otherwise visually she is really cute wears a red bow uh dark skinned and then has like um freckle like skin pigmentation that's really more because of like it, it was added onto her skin when she became part siren so it's like, mm -hmm. from a glance, you would think, oh, those are just freckles. But as you look in, it's like, oh, they're almost like fish scales, like every once in a while on her, like, even face. 
terms of playbook stuff, she is the beast. And pronouns are she, her. Perfect. And do you go over the truths of the heart and blade to her? We'll get into that towards the end as well. Okay. But we'll just go over your feral tracker. For sure. As you have a beast, you slowly turn into your most feral self as you go into these these beastly kind of motions that you often do. So this is interesting. So yeah, so I have a tracker here that goes from one to four, or sorry, zero to four rather. So when I'm between one and four, I'm going to be there usually at four. I just boom, turn into my other form. Um, at zero, I have like none of my feral powers. So I'm like, almost completely human or whatever you would perceive that as. Um, now, it doesn't really say what triggers movements to, so I guess I'll be deciding when I gain more or less. You increase feral when you express yourself in a shocking way through your appearance, or you display intense emotion that society wants you to conceal. Now, am I... So anytime you act feral in public... But which one comes first? You know, you know what I'm saying? Like, am I choosing to gain one in feral, or is it like, oh shit, I just did something that would gain one in feral, so now I... Sh- I guess it'll be... I guess it will go either way I sometimes. It, yeah. Yeah. You'll have a say, and, like, if I see something, I'm like, oh, that's kind of yeah, feral in nature. For sure. Take one to your beast track, yeah. We'll work on that together. So then the other one is decrease feral when um, you feel that your bestial nature has hurt someone you care about, or you go along with an uncomfortable interaction to fit in. Yeah, so it's like I'm choosing more to pass. Now, moves is... It comes with, so it comes with transform as a move. So yeah, when I hit four, I'll have to I'll roll for that, and then it kind of lets me decide how much in control I am of it. Yeah, you're in harmony with your beast form. Yeah, or yeah, basically how much in control I am of it. Pain is nothing to you. Ignore the next time you stagger. That's sick. Yeah. Uh, so that's transform, and then two uh, moves that I chose are ferocious and shameless. For shameless, you you whenever I try and convince an NPC of something. I can give them a string to automatically ask a question about them and learn about them, basically. Like, get a free question. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is, like, part of my siren abilities. Like, I just gain connections to people all the time just from talking to them. And I can learn stuff about them that I wouldn't know, naturally, that you wouldn't just already know. I can just ask whatever questions I want. But it, like kind of connects them to me and and we're drawn to each other naturally. Um, I think I was deciding if I wanted to do BDE, but it's more like a battle thing, like a ferocious battle thing. I don't Mm -hmm. think that's, I don't think that's as much what it is um, for, for, for Jessica. And then my other one is well ferocious. So I can choose to become more beastly if I want to. So in this one, I can mark a condition to do an additional option at any time I attack somebody basically. Yeah, anytime you fail a roll, you can mark a condition and still hit the attack, essentially, with this move. Or even if I succeed. It's, it says, I guess it's like any roll, really, that I make it play. It says six minus. Even on so a... So failure. No, it says, like, when you fight, even on a six. So even if I fail. Yeah. So those are my moves. <laughs> All right, and then finally we'll move on to V. Very cool. Dennis. Yeah. What are the names of the three countries that are at war? <laughs> yeah, the three, uh, the three house war that just ended. Uh, it was between Eucadia, France, 
and uh, Espana. Cool. France. Great. So Cecily the Cold Drake um, is sitting at a solid 5-2, extremely pale, gaunt, just looks like they need six shots of espresso or a good night's sleep. <laughs> with like dark hair um, and a, an oversized trench coat they hail from France and were originally a much happier witch in the the wood the woodland area until the war um, came close enough to destroy the village and with a near death experience uh, left her Seeing some spooky, spooky uh, people and things around and trying to flee burden and responsibility um, took up um, Sal on the seas. Um, and now uh, I am playing the Spooky Witch uh, playbook. Definitely fits that fun aesthetic, the fall vibes. The starting stats that I have are uh, um, the plus zero to daring, plus zero to grace. Negative one to heart, plus one to wit, and plus one to spirit. Alright, and then with your playbook, you can, essentially, as the spooky witch, there are mysterious beings that cannot be perceived by anyone else other than the spooky witch. So you have the move built into your playbook, commune with the unseen. When you perform a ritual to commune with the unseen, give a dangerous unseen a string on you, and you can roll plus spirit. And then uh, the scene, unseen will essentially give you some information based on how well you roll. And essentially, I think we've decided that the unseen in this universe are the spirits of pirates long past on the all sea. Yeah. And then you also have the move, I like snails. Uh, when you are smitten with someone and figure them out, blurt out something weird and let them ask you a question from the list, then ask them for another question from the list, even on a failure. So you're weird. <laughs> oh, weird bonding moments. I'm very what? excited about it. Um, the other two moves that I- What other two moves? Yeah, yeah. I chose divination. Um, when you have time and safety to read the unseen truth of someone present, describe your divination process and what makes it conspicuous. Basically, I'm just being a spooky witch, <laughs> and then I get to see if I get to learn something interesting about the person or the obstacles they face, and depending on my success or failure, um, they either clear a condition, or I gain a string, or they learn the truth. It's kind of like a balance. The second pl uh, playbook move that I chose was Dreamwalk. When you touch an unconscious, sleeping, or willing subject, you can see an impression of their thoughts and appear in their dreams. Um, I roll spirit for that to figure out or entice them in this state, and I thought that would be very sexy of me. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, Cecily's uh, an interesting character. I'm excited. Alright, as you can assume from a system all about being thirsty, there are rules and regulations for when we fall smitten with everyone. I've had everyone in the party kind of give me an idea of what they're looking for in a romantic rival sense and paired them up with other playbooks. For Cecily, we've mentioned before air that you were going for someone who was of the infamous playbook that landed you with your romantic rival of the past, Moreland Dagger, uh, who committed mutiny on the last Hera's vessel against Sal, your captain. 
for Jessica, we have the trickster playbook for your romantic rival, as we have someone from your past um, in those little islands in the center where the sirens sti- strike most, Castile. For Sean, we have the chosen playbook, as we have Cameron, the one person to have ever turned Sean, Sean the playgirl down. And then for Freya, they chose the Devoted Playbook, and that will actually be an NPC we'll meet later in the campaign, but we'll see how that goes when it happens. So right now, we'll finish up with creating our strings uh, between our players and player characters. As I mentioned before, you all have had some time on Hera's Vindication to get up there in the ranks and become well-trusted generals in her crew. So you'll have known each other for a little bit of time. Uh, so feel free. There are three questions for each playbook, and you'll essentially assign them to one of your other player characters. And if these questions don't work out per se, we can come up with our own uh, freehand stuff. So we'll start with the Beast, because it comes first alphabetically on the sheet I'm looking at. So for Marcus, for Jessica, who most reminds you of a beast when it comes to these other three? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think for sure Freya. <laughs> All right, so you'll take that string with Freya. And then who most reminds you of Prey? Can I? Mm, it has to be someone else, right? It can't be myself. Um... <laughs> Take a string on yourself. Uh, (laughs) Yourself, yeah. Use it for a plus one whenever you want. I don't know. Maybe maybe Sean? Maybe Sean. Okay, Sean. As you're... uh, I was going to mention this at the end of the questions, but as you're going through attaching these initial strings, you can assign them on a value of zero, one, or two, depending on how strong you think the bond is. Are they reciprocal? Like, if he has a string on me, do I have a string on him? Or no? No, it'll come when you go through your questions, you'll have a different kind of emotional response. Perfect. And then the final question, who has seen you at your most bestial? Well, then it should probably be Cecily, right? Yeah. If we're going to make things nice and even. (laughs) For the scoundrel. So, Kay, you're up next. Who were you smitten with until recently? Oh, that's that's so that's such a fun question. I'm gonna go with Sean. <laughs> Alright, so you'll take that string with Sean. I'm going with <laughs> Yeah, I'm getting a string with Sean. Yeah. So Sean. you were smitten with them until recently, but the next question, who replaced them in your desire? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I've been just feeling a little a little more beastly recently. <laughs> so I think that would have to be Jessica. All right, wonderful. I'm going to assign that to Jessica. And then finally, who has almost as much flair as you? Can I um can I pick Jessica again? Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm picking Jessica again. All right, wonderful. Then next up is the seeker. So Kate for Sean, who reminds you of home? Oh. Oof, that's hard. <laughs> if you want, you can also out uh, outsource this to an NPC if you feel none of the playable characters fit that. Well, I feel like maybe... So I'm maybe going to say the Beast, um, Jessica, and not because of her bestial side, but because of the cute, like, 
younger sister side, right? So, like, I think that reminds me of home a lot. All right, then. Who is the most outrageous of your new companions? (laughs) Uh, Freya. (laughs) I feel like it's maybe the most outrageous. (laughs) Wonderful. And then finally, who is your model for local customs? Who are you looking at for pirate expertise? Oh, maybe. I think she's probably looking at Cecily, maybe, because she's like, sees that Cecily has this like way with the sea, I guess, and this like communication with things that she has, that like she doesn't like understand or anything. And so she's like trying to like observe that. Love that. All right. And then finally, spooky witch questions for Cecily. Who thinks you're not all that weird? Probably Jessica. They've got their own shit going. <laughs> so it's like a- I was <laughs> I was thinking that too, because I have you down as you saw me my most beastly. So maybe we had an interaction where we were both um, doing some crazy stuff and we're both had to be chill about each other's crazy stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. Okay. And then uh, next, whom have the Unseen warned you about? Um, I think they would have warned me about Sean. <laughs> okay. I think, A, I'm from France. Uh, already? <laughs> a, little, a little wary. But <laughs> um, I think the, the spirits know that there's something else going on with Sean. Like they, they have enough political connection to uh, warn me about the future in case of, uh, you know, not repeating the past. Yeah. Love that. And then finally, who is your touchstone for what normal is, quote unquote? Wow, none of us are normal. <laughs> I will say, <laughs> all of us are pretty interesting people. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Would I be able to take a string on an NPC? Because I think Sal would probably mm-hmm. be the touchstone. Yeah, definitely. So I'll take that string with Sal to show you what normal is. She's just a regular person. A regular person who... <laughs> just a regular pirate. Wanders the sea and has five ships. You know? Phenomenal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then all of you can take a string with Sal, actually, as they are your captain, and in some way trust you to be a general high up in her rankings. So then we'll continue this back on the All Sea itself, as the pirates of Hera's Vindication make their way to Eucadia, commissioned on a job to kidnap a princess. We'll see you all on the actual season of Pirates of the All Sea. Sleep tight, variables. Bye. Hi, Dennis. This is a secret message from your best friend, Kay. I love you. Teehee. I remember the falling and they think of me. For our souls in the ocean together will be.
Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.